All right, John chapter number 11 this morning, as we continue our walk through the Gospel of John together, and this morning we want to look at the fact that Jesus is Lord, and really all of the Gospel of John displays the fact that Jesus is both Lord and Christ. In fact, that was the purpose, the reason why the Apostle John wrote his Gospel so that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, and that believing we might receive salvation by his name. But this morning, as we look at this account here in John chapter number 11, John records his seventh and final of the signs, the miracles, the public miracles that John records for us in his gospel of what Jesus has done. And of course, the gospel of John is the Last, it's the final of the four Gospels to be written. And it was written fairly, uh, it was written further on down the road than the rest of them. So some time has passed. Uh, some other Gospels, the other Gospels, some other epistles and letters have been written. And John has taken pen in hand to give his account and to set to rest some of the, uh, the problems that were cropping up in churches, some of the, the strange beliefs as people argued about whether or not Jesus really was the Christ. And so that's why he wrote the Gospel of John, that we might know that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is both Lord and Christ. And this morning, as we look at John chapter 11, we see the deity of Jesus distinctly on display. John chapter 11 and verse number 1 says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And that little parenthetical note there, uh, that account of Mary anointing Jesus' feet is actually in the next chapter here in John chapter number 12. But it's obvious that John is speaking here to a group of people, many of whom would have already met Mary. They would have known her. Many of them would have heard of her. And so John gives us this little parenthetical note to explain uh, more fully exactly who this is. This is. These are people that they would have known, many of them, that are reading this letter. Verse number three, therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, 
Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us, go, let us also go that we may die with him. I mean, Thomas just sounds like a real bundle of joy here. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and to Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he, had, when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. So we see this morning in this text Jesus in the fact that he is Lord on display. The first thing that we can find in the text that 
tells us, that shows to us, that proves to us that Jesus is Lord, as we'll see that he is Lord over delays. He's Lord over delays. First of all, we'll notice the love behind this delay. It tells us, John gives us a lot of notes in this passage as he reveals to us this event. He tells us in verse number one that a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Now, if you'll remember back to John chapter number 10, at the end of John chapter number 10, Jesus had gone to Bethabara, beyond Jordan, to the place where John the Baptist had been preaching. And Jesus has gone apart. He's gone away from Jerusalem. He's gone away from the religious crowd that was trying to kill him. And there were many people that gathered to Jesus. There were many people that came there. They heard what Jesus had to say. And you remember there at the end of John chapter number 10, how they spoke that John the Baptist had told them of Jesus. And all the things that John the Baptist had told them were true. So Jesus is there. He's in Bethabara, and he's preaching. And we find that in Bethany, about 20 miles away, there's a man whom he loves that is sick. It's this certain man named Lazarus. In verse number 3, we find that his sisters send unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Jesus apparently cared for Martha, for Mary, and for Lazarus a great deal. They spoke in this messenger, they spoke to Jesus of the fact that Lazarus was his great friend, that Jesus loved him. And we see the love that is behind this delay. And it's, it's kind of a strange thing to think about. In verse number four, when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And we see once again that John, he reveals to us, he speaks once again of the fact that Jesus loved them. But they send this messenger to Jesus and he comes and he finds Jesus in Bethabara and he says, he reveals this message to Jesus, hey, Lazarus, whom thou lovest, is sick. And notice what Jesus tells them. He responds, he says, well, this sickness is not unto death. It's not unto death. But if you go through the text and you start to do the math, by the time this messenger has traveled from Bethany to Bethabara, a 20-mile journey, it would have taken the better part of a day in order to get there. By the time this messenger has reached Jesus, Lazarus is dead. By the time, certainly, this messenger makes it back to uh, Martha and to Mary, Lazarus has passed. Now, what a strange message for Jesus to give them. This sickness is not unto death. Now, can you put yourselves in the shoes of Martha and Mary for a moment? You know that Jesus loves your brother. You know that Jesus has the ability to heal him. You've sent a messenger, and Jesus has sent back a message, the sickness is not unto death. Now, wait a second. You're looking, and your brother has died. So you're faced with two realities. You're faced with the word of God saying, this sickness is not unto death. And you're faced with the fleshly reality that you see in front of you. Certainly, I think we can identify with Martha and with Mary. We can feel the feelings that they must have felt. 
Jesus, I thought you loved him. Jesus, if you had just been here, he would not have died. Jesus, you said the sickness is not unto death, but it is. How can this be? But we see that there is, in the midst of this, love behind this delay. I'm sure that Mary and Martha didn't feel the love in that sense. They knew that Jesus loved them. They knew that he loved Lazarus. But in these moments, I'm sure that they were tempted to doubt his love. We know the rest of the story, though, and we know that even though to the eyes of the flesh it would seem as if Jesus didn't love them, truly he did. And he had a greater plan. So we see the love behind this delay, but we see the lesson behind this delay. In verse number 6, it goes on, When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now it's interesting, Jesus hears this, He says, well, this sickness is not unto death. The disciples, of course, they don't know that Lazarus has now passed away. They do not know that he is dead. So they continue there for two days, teaching and preaching. Verse number 7, Then after that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go again into Judea. So his disciples, you know, they're still taking Jesus' word. The sickness is not unto death. Now Jesus says, let's go to Judea. The disciples are, whoa, 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 hold on, Jesus. We can't go to Judea. They've been trying to kill you. They've been trying to stone you to death. We can't go to Judea. So we see there's lesson, there is a lesson behind this delay. You know, to the eyes of the flesh, the disciples are looking at this and they're saying, Jesus, you can't go. You can't go into this area. They're going to kill you. But notice what Jesus says in verse number 9. Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Jesus' answer basically boils down to the fact that he knows his time is limited. He has little time left on this earth. He needs to go while it is still day. Jesus knows that his hour is not yet come. He knows that these men who are trying to kill him are not going to be able to take his life. It's time to go. He needs to, he is the light of the world. He needs men to be able to see the light of the world. All of this situation, right? This delay, this situation in Lazarus' life was something that Jesus was going to use. He was going to use it for his honor, for his glory. He was going to use it in the disciples' lives. He was going to use it in Martha and Mary and Lazarus' lives. He was going to use it in the lives of countless individuals there on those days as they would see a man who they knew was dead, Lazarus, raised from the dead. And because of that, that they would believe. And you know, down through the ages, there have been countless numbers of people who God has used this account in their lives, arguably even you and I today, benefit from this delay. You see, Jesus was, he had love behind this delay, but he also was using a lesson behind this delay. It goes on in verse number 11, These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that he may awake out of sleep. 
Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. So Jesus says to him, well, Lazarus is asleep. They're like, oh, that's a good thing. You know, Lazarus is pretty sick. It's a good thing to take a nap when you're sick. You know, it helps your body rebuild. Jesus says, well, guys, he says plainly to them. They were confused. Verse number 14, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. Now the disciples are confused, and they're wrestling with this. Jesus, I thought you said this sickness was not unto death. What, what's going on? Lazarus is dead? And notice the words that he says in verse number 15 next. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. It's strange when you take verse number 15 just at face value. Jesus says, I'm glad that I wasn't there. You know, with the eyes of the flesh, we would look at this situation. With the eyes of Martha and Mary, we would look at this situation and say, Jesus, why weren't you there? You could have fixed it. And certainly we feel the tension there. When we come to God with prayer requests and we have circumstances and issues in our life that we think, well, this is the best exit from this circumstance. Jesus, I need you to fix this. I need you to heal this problem. But Jesus says, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. The lesson behind this delay is that often God will use the circumstances of life to teach us to trust in him. Jesus was about to use this seemingly bad circumstance to teach many, many people to trust in him. You know, the reality is this morning that we have a very limited ability to see. We have a very limited ability to understand the things that are happening in this life. But Jesus, he sees and he knows all of it. Jesus had already revealed to the disciples and to Mary and to Martha that Lazarus is going to make it. He had already said the sickness is not unto death. But then the words of Jesus were confronted with a seemingly different reality. That this sickness was to death. So there's a tension here for Martha, for Mary. There's a tension here for the disciples on this day. Are you going to trust the word of God or are you going to trust your own understanding? You know, this morning, you and I, we are faced with that same exact challenge. There are often times in our lives where we are faced with the tension between, am I going to trust the words of God about this, or am I going to trust my understanding? Am I going to trust the eyes of the flesh in this situation? Because there are often situations in our lives that we would look at with the eyes of the flesh, like Martha and Mary and the disciples, and we would say, Jesus, what? What's happening? This seems to be in direct contradiction to what you have said. But we don't understand. You see, with the eyes of the flesh, Jesus' words did not seem very comforting. Lazarus has already passed away. By the time the messenger comes back and gives these words to Martha and Mary, how empty and meaningless they must have sounded. Now, we can sit back in judgment and say, well, they shouldn't have sounded empty and meaningless. You know, Martha and Mary, they really should have just trusted Jesus. They should have believed him. I mean, put yourself in their shoes for a minute. How tough that must have been. 
Jesus is saying one thing, and yet your eyes are saying, whoa, that can't possibly be true. I guess he's just talking about in the future, you know, that Lazarus is going to live again one day. And that's ultimately where Martha comes to. But, you know, when Jesus' promises aren't very comforting to us, the reason is because we're not trusting him as we should. Because we did not know him as we should. We're given countless promises in the word of God that we can cling to in times of trouble and turmoil. But yet oftentimes in the midst of those very problems, we do not find them to be as comforting as they should simply because we do not trust Jesus as we should. Jesus was glad that this situation that seemed so bleak, so dark, so final to the eyes of the flesh, he was glad that it had happened because it was something that he could take and use to the intent that ye may believe. This morning, let's recognize that Jesus is Lord over delays. There's often times in our lives where it seems like we have prayed about an issue, like seems like we have the answer, we have it figured out, God, this is how you need to work in this situation, and the answer doesn't come when we think it should. But this morning, let us check ourselves. Let us remember that Jesus is Lord over delays. Second of all, not only is he Lord over delays, but he is Lord over doubts. Lord over doubts. Verse number 16, Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now Thomas interjects this in the middle of this situation. I guess he was kind of frustrated. He was having a bad day. And so he just kind of let it vent. Why don't we just go? You know, they're going to kill Jesus. Lazarus is already dead. Let's just go and die with him. You know, come on. Let's just go die. But Jesus, he doesn't get distracted by this. He just carries on. He's Lord over doubts. Certainly, we can understand doubting the activity of God. Oftentimes, we can look at the situations of life like Thomas and just think, well, you know, whatever. It's already bad anyway. Might as well, you know, it's a Monday. Can't get any worse. Let's just pile some more on top of that. But Jesus is still Lord, even though Thomas is doubting him. Not only Thomas, Martha also doubted him. In verse number 21, uh, Martha has heard that Jesus is coming. She drops whatever she's doing, and she goes running to meet him. She's going to figure this out. She's going she's to go challenge Jesus. Verse number 21, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now, first of all, it's admirable, her faith here, right? She, ha- she obviously has faith in Jesus and his ability. Her answer was, Jesus, you should have been here, then this problem wouldn't have happened. You could have healed him, he wouldn't have died, it would have gone the way that I wanted it to, and it would have been better. But there's also a hint of bitterness and anger against the Lord in her voice. In other words, she's questioning Jesus, Jesus Why weren't you here? My brother's dead because you didn't come. If you had come, if you had healed him like you've healed so many other people, he wouldn't be dead. And you can identify with Martha. We can understand why Martha would feel this way because oftentimes we will doubt the activity of God. We'll have it figured out. We'll have the situation. We'll have a greater understanding and know, God, this is how you need to fix 
this problem. But not only is Jesus Lord over those who doubt his activity, he's Lord over those who doubt his ability. In verse number 24, Jesus answers her in verse 23, Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So Jesus answers her and says, Well, Martha, I already told you the sickness isn't to death. Lazarus is going to raise again. And Martha's like, Lord, I know he's going to rise again in the last day. That's not what I wanted, though. I wanted him to be healed now. She's, she's missing what Jesus is saying here because she's worked up. Understandably so. She's missing the point of what Jesus is saying. But, you know, Jesus is Lord over those who doubt his ability. In verse number 25, he reveals to us this great I am statement of Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. As we think of those, or how Jesus is Lord over those who doubt his ability, we'll notice also Jesus comes into town. Mary hears that Jesus is coming. Mary jumps up and goes running to Jesus. All the Jews that had come from Jerusalem to comfort Mary and Martha, they see Mary jump up and they think, well, she's going to the grave to weep. Let's, let's follow her. So this big crowd is following Mary as she goes out of town. She comes to the place where Jesus had been when he met Martha on the road. She falls down at Jesus' feet. And we see that Mary doubts his ability as well. Verse number 32, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. The same thing that Martha had said. But we'll notice, you know, it grieves Jesus when we doubt his ability. It grieves Jesus when those who know him do not trust him. You notice Jesus' response Verse number 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. In verse number 35, Jesus wept. And that's a verse that's kind of made fun of. Oh, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. You know, hey, I memorized the verse, Jesus wept. But stop for a moment and consider. Ponder. Jesus knows what he's getting ready to do. Jesus knows that Lazarus is going to be resurrected. That they have nothing to weep or cry over. He knows that in just a, a few mere moments, all of their pain and sorrow is going to be wiped away with overwhelming joy at what he has done. But yet Jesus feels with them. Uh, Hebrews talks about how we have an high priest who is... Uh, he's felt with us. He's been tempted in all points, like as we are, yet with, without sin. How he understands, he knows what it's like. He's been with the feeling of our infirmities, of our flesh. And as Jesus stands there on that day, as he hears the words of Mary, as he sees her weeping, 
as he sees those around weeping at the loss of Lazarus, as he hears them doubting him, as he sees the struggle within them, as they struggle to believe and trust him, and yet they're wrestling with the eyes of the flesh, with the reality in front of them. Jesus groans in his spirit and is troubled. So we see, Lord, that he is Lord, Jesus is Lord over those who not only doubt his activity, but those who doubt his ability. Third of all, he is Lord over those who doubt his affection. In verse 36, then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? They look at the situation, they say, well, Jesus certainly loved this man, but why didn't he love him in healing? Why didn't he keep him from dying? Certainly, he's healed all these others, he's opened the eyes of the blind, couldn't he have kept this man from dying? Couldn't he have healed him? They doubt Jesus' affection. They doubt the fact that he truly loved Lazarus. You know, the reality is that Jesus truly loved Lazarus. Though there were many on that day who were struggling and wrestling with doubt over Jesus' love of Lazarus, the reality was that Jesus loved him more than any of them. Jesus is Lord over delays. Jesus is Lord over doubts. But third of all, and last of all this morning, Jesus is Lord over death. He's Lord over death. We see that here in the passage, verse number 38. Jesus, therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. So as we think about the fact that Jesus is Lord over death... Well, notice what this resurrection proves. Jesus is going to call unto Lazarus here in just a few verses, and Lazarus is going to raise from the dead. He's going to come shuffling out of that grave and reveal to everyone that is standing there that Jesus is Lord over death. But as we think about what this resurrection proves, we'll notice, first of all, often Jesus' work in our lives is uncomfortable. You know, this entire situation for Mary and Martha was uncomfortable. They experienced much grief in all of this. They doubted, they wrestled with doubts against Jesus, against his love for them, against his ability. But then it kind of is, it culminates at the grave as Jesus says, well, roll the stone away. And Martha says, whoa, whoa, whoa. wait a minute, Jesus... He's been in there four days. We can't roll the stone away. He stinketh. I think we're all well aware. We've smelled decay before. You've driven by roadkill and experienced what a, a dead deer sitting in the hot sun of Arkansas just ripening smells like. That is not a pretty thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not... It's not nice. It's not nice to think about. And Martha is offended at Jesus. Jesus, what are you talking about? We can't roll the stone away. Can you think about how offensive that would be? How embarrassing? Jesus, what are you talking about? But think, 
and pause for a moment with me in the midst of this. Jesus' work in our lives is often uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for them, but what did they do? In the midst of how offensive and uncomfortable this was, what do Martha and Mary and those that were present do? Well, they obeyed Jesus. And I don't know why they obeyed him, whether it was just out of, well, okay, we'll just do what he says, or whether they truly had some faith in it. But it is remarkable, whatever their attitude was in the midst of it, that they do something that's rather unthinkable, and they roll the stone away. They obey what Jesus has said. You know, when Jesus comes and he works in our lives, oftentimes it's uncomfortable. Oftentimes there's some sin that gets drug out and it stinks. And oftentimes we're faced with the decision whether or not to do what Jesus says, to own it, to face it, and to allow him to work in and through our lives or we can disobey him. We can say, no, I want to leave that stone right there. I don't want to face that which is uncomfortable. And when we do that, we lose out on the work of God in our lives. Oftentimes, the work of Jesus in our lives is uncomfortable. But we see Jesus, when we think about what this resurrection proves, we think that Jesus' point revealed that he is Lord. In verse number 40, Jesus saith unto Martha, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? He asks this question of Martha. Martha is struggling with doubt. She said, Lord, he's been dead four days. He stinks. But Jesus has already told Martha many times throughout this passage that Lazarus was going to raise again. So he challenges her. He makes this point to her to reveal that he is Lord. Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? He knows what he's getting ready to do, and he challenges Martha. But then we see Jesus' prayer reveals that he is Lord. In verse 41, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. Now, I don't know if there was a stench that came out of that tomb. I mean, he had been dead. So when they roll that stone away, I, I don't know. If it smelled just like a cave, if it smelled like a dead body, we're not told. John doesn't give us those details. Maybe one of these days we'll have to figure that out. But we see that they roll this stone away, and Jesus lifted up his eyes in prayer and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they might believe, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Now, this is kind of audacious, right? Now, we take it for granted because we recognize that Jesus is Lord, but his prayer here reveals that he is Lord. He's very confident. He prays to God the Father, and he says, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I knew that you heard me, and I'm praying this prayer to you now because of these people that are standing next to me, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus is praying this out loud so that they can hear him. Jesus knows what he's getting ready to do. So not only did his point reveal that he is Lord, his prayer reveal that he is Lord, but third of all, his power reveals that he is Lord. In verse number 43, when he, had thus, when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, 
We're not told how long it took for Lazarus to get up out of the grave. But you've got to stop for a moment and recognize this is a pretty unique situation. I, if I said, hey folks, let's go out here. We don't even have to go far. We've got a cemetery surrounding our church building out here on two sides. Let's go out here with some shovels and let's dig up a casket. Let's pull it up. You all would look at me really funny. Probably a, a little different than funny. You'd probably be very concerned, and I don't think that any of you would participate with me. You'd probably call the cops, rightfully so, right? But Jesus is revealing to them that he is Lord. And obviously these folks had faith. They go to the grave and they obey Jesus but you would think it was pretty weird if I went out here and I started calling over these grades, wake up, come forth, and you wouldn't expect anything to happen. Now, I'm sure that there was a large crowd of people that were gathered on this day, a large crowd of people that had come to mourn with Mary and Martha, that looked at Jesus and they were probably very offended at what he has done. What is he doing? You can't roll the stone away, it stinks. They were agreeing with Martha. As Jesus then began to pray, they probably were ready to pick up stones and to stone him. Who does he think he is? What is he doing? And then to top it all off, he begins shouting to Lazarus to come forth. And I'm sure that there was a large percentage of the people that were gathered on this day that stood back laughing and scoffing. It was so bad. I mean, I'm sure they were angry, but you got to laugh, right? It's entertaining. What is this guy doing? Who does he think he is? And then how their mouths must have dropped open as Jesus' power reveals that he is Lord. We're not told how long it took, but there comes Lazarus, bound hand and foot, doing a little shuffle. I don't, maybe he was hopping. I don't know how he came. Maybe he rolled out of the grave, but somehow... He comes out of the grave. His face is covered. His hands, his feet are bound. And all the people that stood by watching were blown away. Jesus' power had been revealed to them in an unmistakable way. In an unreal way. In a way that they had never seen before. Many of them had been there. They had seen Lazarus dead. They knew that he had been laid in the grave four days ago. Doubtless some of them had helped prepare his body. They had helped wrap him up. They had helped roll that stone in front of the grave. And yet, he came walking out. And they knew, without a doubt, that Jesus is Lord. We see what this resurrection proves, but last of all and quickly, we see what this resurrection previews. For not many days hence... Jesus himself would be hung on a cruel cross. He would be nailed to that cross, and on that cross he would die, bearing the sins of you and me. And they would take his body and they would lay it in a grave. And they would roll a stone in front of it, and not three days later, Jesus would raise from the dead by his own power. You see, this resurrection of Lazarus was but a preview, a preview of what was to come. A preview that was to reveal to them that Jesus is Lord 
over death. You know, this morning, you and I, we can take comfort in the fact that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over delays. He is Lord over doubts, and He is Lord, ultimately, over death. This morning, do you have some delays in your life? Do you have some things that you bring to God, and you say, God, you know, I don't know about this situation. It would be much better if this is the way it worked. And as humans, we think we have everything figured out. We have it mapped, mapped out. You know, God, if you just fix this problem this way, that's how it should be. And obviously, we have concerns, and we have cares in our lives, and we have things that we would like, and it's not wrong for us to take those to God in prayer. But this morning, we must recognize that oftentimes Jesus desires to use the things in our lives to teach us to trust Him. And all the time, we don't have things figured out like we would like to think. We don't have all of the details. We don't have the end figured out because you and I, we're not Lord. We're not like Jesus. We don't know the end from the beginning. And the only thing that you and I can do is we can come to His Word. We can take His promises and we can trust them. This morning, are you tempted to doubt Him? Are you tempted to doubt His love for you? Are you tempted to doubt His activity on your behalf? Are you tempted to doubt who He is? Are you tempted to doubt His affection? This morning, don't doubt the Lord. Don't let the circumstances of life get you worked up, get you concerned, get your eyes off of Him like Mary and like Martha, but rather trust Him this morning. This morning, Jesus is Lord over death. And for those of us who are here, those of us, all of us really this morning, we must come to the place where we recognize that Jesus is Lord over death, that He is Lord over us, and that you and I have no way to make ourselves right with Him, that we must avail ourselves of His sacrifice on our behalf. I love that verse there where Jesus says in verse number 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. The truth is that each of us this morning, we come into this world dead. We come into this world dead in our trespasses and sins. We come into this world dead spiritually. And we have no ability to make ourselves alive. You know, Lazarus on that day, he was bound hand and foot. He was wrapped with a napkin. He was dead. And he had no ability to get himself out of that grave. All right, you could have taken a million dollars and given it to him. And it wouldn't have done any, anything. It wouldn't have made any difference. You could have brought all the religious experts in the world and assembled them around his tomb all of the Pharisees, all of the best people, they could have come and they could have gathered around that tomb and they could have cried out and told Lazarus to come forth. It wouldn't have made any difference. Lazarus was dead. The only one who had the ability to raise Lazarus to life is Jesus. The only way that Lazarus made it out of that tomb was by Jesus. And this morning, if you've never come to Christ, like Lazarus, you're bound hand and foot. You're dead in your trespasses and sins. You're dead in a, a cold tomb with a stone rolled over the door and you have no ability to make yourself alive. You have no ability to bring yourself to life 
but Jesus. This morning, if you've never come to a place of putting your faith and trust in him, being made alive in Christ, may I invite you to come. Those of us who know him, those of us who have experienced that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, oh, may we hold on to his promises. May we trust him. As the pianist comes, we'll have a time of invitation here in a moment. But I invite you to consider those questions that I asked a moment ago. Do you have some delays in your life? Are there some things that you are tempted to despair over? Some things that you have prayed about again and again and again? The old hymn, Does Jesus Care? The chorus says, oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. Don't despair over the love that Jesus has for you this morning. Don't let doubts, don't let the eyes of the flesh get your eyes off of him, but rather this morning, trust him. He is Lord over delays. Are you tempted to doubt him this morning? Oh, don't doubt. But rather cling to the promises of God.